Be part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brannion, and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. Welcome to the table, Carl. Uh, Ken Kington is here with us today. Hey, it's really good to finally be here. We just don't have enough time for a lengthy introduction. So Ken Kington is here. We have been looking forward to this for weeks. Uh, and Ken has has broken our hearts. How many times did you break our hearts, Ken? At I least twice. I think it may have been three times. I lost count. Right. Remember, we were all jazzed and we were excited. And then Ken would go, oh, I got other more important things to do than talk to you yeah like family but you know i did get to i get an i finally got an insight in what all those girls in high school felt like when they kept turning me down and putting me off so now i i know that feeling it's a rush it, isn't it feels it? great doesn't it? it it feels very powerful i'm just gonna <laughs> it's say great to but call. it's a little icky on the other side of going dang i really i wanted to do this i just can't and, mm-hmm. um, and now so, he yeah called up calls up brandon and goes yeah yeah dude uh it's not gonna happen again this week like, again again but i've already turned down other dates hey sorry <laughs> exactly. man exactly sorry man not gonna happen uh, so Ken is a uh, fellow comedian uh, and also a pastor. Do you do you list pastor as part of your? Is that is that a public declaration or did I just out you? Yeah, we don't use the p word in my house. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't we don't go down that road. Uh, I I do speak at a whole lot of churches and I have served in the role of teaching pastor and um, interim pastor and a lot of different other adjectives to pastor but, but you we don't, don't use, use that the word. p word in so so if you were saying teaching and you're not going to use pastor what would you say teaching pers- person? i would that's say a, also that a p word i am a staff communicator mm. a staff communicator teachers like in the public school they don't say teacher anymore they say educator mm. so maybe that's educator. a good one yeah okay. spiritual guide so <laughs> can <laughs> Ken is a. Uh, uh, how about comedian? Do we still can we still use that, or is that a uh, humor well, there's a, humor there's a facilitator? To say he's not really a comedian, so mm-hmm. you know I've started to to define myself by what I'm not, and I'm after I've had people go, well, you're not really a comic. And I'm like, well, okay, I've got several comedy projects that have done really well, but okay, I'll go with that. And then they're, well, you're not a pastor because you're not at a church all the time, and you're right. not on staff, and you're you're not this and you're not that. So um, I'm not. That is that is my official title. I'm not really anything. We have barely um, scratched the surface of things that Ken Kington is not. Yeah. So he's not. Know. Therefore, he is. I don't know if we're going to get through <laughs> through the comprehensive I do introduce list. Myself, when I introduce myself, it's usually either I'm Heather's husband or whatever child is in that range for those parents. I mean, they're Graham, Kennedy, or Cody's dad. Right. Mm-hmm. That's how I introduce myself. Yep. Okay. Yep. How old are your kids? Uh, 24, 23, and 18, about to be 19. Okay. Wow. Yeah. You're going to be. So, 
my oldest is finally married. So Mandy, I got to tell you, just seeing that little critter run through your screen, I'm like, all right, in the next five to seven years, I feel like that's a probability. Keep hanging so. on. I was married five three seven. years before we got pregnant with our first, but my sister, that the one you actually saw was officially my nephew, and my sister's here. Okay. They were only married a year. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I don't know that it'll take that long. I'm just saying, uh, I've been trying to be... It only uh, takes nine months. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks mm -hmm. for that. It's nine months, nine short months. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, he hasn't got, he didn't have any grandkids yet. And so he doesn't, right. he needs somebody who's got Literally, a few grandkids to tell him how long it takes. Simon walks up to me. We had just let Ken into the studio. We weren't recording yet. Simon walks up to me. He goes, Aunt Mandy, I had to pee. And I was like, okay, that's serious. So I had to jump up real quick. And while I was in the bathroom, he, I was telling him, your mom will be here any minute. And he's like, yay, my mommy's coming here. And I said, yes, she is. And he goes, and my daddy's coming here. And I said, no, I don't think he's coming with her, but your mom will be here. And he goes, I don't care. Like, <laughs> like the important one is going to be here. So That's fine. <laughs> If Absolutely. I, if I see dad again sometime, yeah, all right. Literally, I said, did you just say, I, I thought he said, like, I don't hear you. That was what I said. I said, did I you just hear. say, I don't hear you? And he goes, I don't tear. And I, I was don't like, care. <laughs> you don't care that your dad's not coming? I he goes, yeah. <laughs> so I clarified and everything. <laughs> yeah, let me let me clarify this for you, Aunt Mandy, since you got those headphones on. I don't care. Yeah, that's literally, he enunciated it, but it's like a T at the beginning. T-A-R-E. I don't tear. I don't tear. Okay. All right. <laughs> As his legs dangle off of the toilet, yeah. and he's sitting there. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm like, please pay attention to what you're doing because I'm very in danger of being shot right so now. We were talking about things that funny kids that the kids have funny things the kids have said mm. earlier, and uh, what was Cammy's? I have you... a whole book. Can I say that one? On I started it with the one about. <laughs> You have to now. Yeah, go ahead. I was looking through my Facebook memories, and it was a quote from my oldest when she was like three. I think she was three, maybe even two. And she just out of the blue says to her dad, Daddy, did you notice that my someday my nipples are going to turn into boobs? <laughs> did you notice? Did you notice that? And he was like, yep, I knew that. <laughs> oh, there's so many of those. My daughter, when she was 13, I guess it was, I do all the laundry in our house, and I'm just sitting there watching a ball game doing laundry. And she comes in and sits down, and I was like, hey, how's it going? She goes, great. And I was folding up somewhere. She had a pile, and she picks up. She goes, oh, look, it's my bra. And I was like, yeah. She goes, you know, a bra. And I was like, yeah, I, I know what it is. And she was just so proud. She goes, you know, for my boobs. <laughs> like, no, yes. you're not allowed to have boobs. Not until you get married. No, uh, that will never come out of your mouth again. So, so funny. Yes. Yeah, and then I told him it was the same day, that exact same day, the younger one who was probably, well, she must have been then too, when she said it. Uh, she was the, the, the doorbell rang, and we were upstairs, oh, no. and she goes, uh-oh. And I said, yeah, I think that's either Isaac or Silas. What do you think? And she goes, it's the doorbell. <laughs> <laughs> you dummy. Oh yeah, you're probably right. Good, good call. Good call. Neither of them make that noise. Come on. Neither Silas nor Isaac sound uh, like that. That's definitely well, the, the boys. Doorbell. Boys can be even more disturbing. My my 24 year old who's now married, 
we're just around dinner. It, it had to be two or three years ago. And just out of the blue, he goes, did I ever tell you what I used to do in the backyard? <laughs> like, Why no? Uh, I'm slightly afraid to ask. And we're like, and fortunately, we have a fence that's about six feet tall. So I don't think any neighbors were traumatized. But he said, I used to follow, our dog was named Polo. He said, I used to follow Polo around. And anywhere he would pee, I'd pee on top of it. <laughs> okay. Mark and his territory. He said, just to drive him crazy. And he said, he would come back and try to pee on it. And I'd go back and pee on it again. I'm like, no. This was the game you had? This was just, oh, it's just wrong. I've Very never nice. shared that with anybody, so now it's public. Now we know. It's sort of. I have volumes, sort of family have. literally books of kid quotes. We print them when the kids are about four or five. We take the collection yes. that we have been accumulating and then put it in a book with pictures of them up till that point. And so we've got Christmas three gifts. so far. Our youngest is due this. Yeah, this Christmas we'll probably publish his because he's four, so. Oh, those are going to be so great. Yeah. Make sure you make two volumes so you can give it to their spouses yes. at the rehearsal dinner Yep. and say, when you have children, this is the genetic pool you've dove into. Yep. Mm -hmm. Each of the grandparents gets them too. So we print oh. several copies of them. And nice. Yeah. It's, it's become one of my favorite things. And now that they're old enough to appreciate them themselves, that's even more hilarious because now they'll go through and read them and just crack themselves up about all the things that they've said. <laughs> Oh, that is priceless. What a great idea. You're, you're, John had always told me that you were a phenomenal mom. That just kind of solidified the, the mystery and the myth. It's been, we've been sharing kid quotes together since my brother was the, you know, two, three, four year old. Cause Andrew was born when I was 11. And so oh, wow. I distinctly remember like pretty much all of his milestones growing up. And that's when it started. He would say silly things and I'd be like, dad, you got to, you didn't hear what Andrew said today, and then we'd all crack up. So. Andrew was the one who was when I he lost a tooth, and I said, "Let me see," and he opened his mouth, and I went to I went to put my finger in, and he recoils. He was just a little kid. He recoils. He goes, "Dad, don't touch it. I have a gone tooth there. <laughs> I have a gone tooth. I have a, a gone, gone tooth, tooth there. there. Right there. Right yeah. there. That's where the gone That's tooth the gone is. Tooth. The gone tooth is right there." So, uh, oh, that is awesome. Well, Ken, I wanted to talk to you, and and you're free to uh, to participate if you want, Peach. Am I? Yeah, but we're going to talk. We're going to talk comedy, and you don't know very much about that. <laughs> she knows how to capture it. Happy laughs. Sure. We need to have we need to have another podcast with Becky, which is Ken's booking oh, person. Oh, we do. One of them. We do. But and if we put we Becky all... on the podcast, none of the rest yes. of us will be able to speak. <laughs> that's why we. That's why we need to have her on, and then we can talk about Absolutely. what really matters. We can just you. turn the microphone on, leave Becky. It's not comedy. It's back how do you get the comedy to the church? That's what the people want to know about. But it's fine. If you want to talk about comedy, you can. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I gotta tell Carl at least one quick Becky story because it, it <laughs> Becky is just you never meet anybody in your life that says, I might have met Becky. Yeah. You right. either have or you have not. Right. You and, don't forget her. And and experiences happen to her that happen to no other human on the planet. My favorite was she comes to a meeting, we have a lunch with the, the little crew I have and and she's saying, I couldn't get out of Kroger because the manager kept asking me. And we're like, well, what are you talking about? 
She said, I walked up to the door and there was a duck outside a Kroger. And she was like, oh my gosh, that's a duck. And she walks in and this duck decides to follow her into Kroger and follow her around Kroger to the point that the manager comes and says, ma'am, you, you can't have a duck in here. You can't bring your duck with you. And she's like, that's not my duck. <laughs> and he said, well, He's following you. Can you walk him out? So, I mean, it's just. That's who, not that my duck. It looks like you're not. <laughs> so, I've never yes, had to say that phrase to away. another human being. That's Becky. You're right. We would not hear anything if she were yeah. on here because she's, she's hysterical. Yeah, and that's I'm why not. I love her doing that. And that's, that's why, Amanda, you have to have a, a sense of humor because you're, <laughs> you yeah. couldn't be like a. Zero personality person just pushing numbers. Yeah, gotta, she has fun. no personality. Well, I haven't actually met Becky in person, but we have definitely bonded over the phone before trying to put on. <laughs> I don't even remember how many years ago there was a show the two of you were going to do together. So Becky and I were in cahoots on all of that. And so, yeah, we have we have talked and it would be fun. But yeah, if you guys want to do the boring stuff and talk about the it's actual not gonna be boring. Jokes, go ahead. It's, it's not going to be boring. I want to talk. Boring comedy stuff. <laughs> boring comedy. <laughs> Uh, I want to talk about the state of specifically Christian comics. Ooh. And I'm reluctant to use that term. We've talked about that before in the CCA, about what it, what is a Christian comic. But uh, I'm, I'm talking about comics who are Christians. And, That's a better way to say it. And our responsibility to start saying some of the things that uh, Bill Burr and Jim Brewer and some of these secular comedians are actually saying. Uh, have you heard Burr's rant about abortion that came no. out last week? No, share me the general idea. Yeah, say it without the F words. Well, if you, if you, if you take the F words out of it, it, it still works. It does still work. It's it still less works. impactful. He doesn't say female? What, is, what do you mean? I don't think he does. Well, Bill Burr... <laughs> For those of, uh, for Carl's sake, um, Bill Burr is a is a comedian, and he's really funny. But okay. he is by no stretch a comedian. Yeah, um, he's a the, comedian. <laughs> he's not a Christian. He is not a, by any stretch. He's not a Christian. What did I say? He's not a not comedian. a comedian. <laughs> See, I'm so I'm so busy. But he is a comedian. He's, he's hilarious. A comedian. But he's, he's hilarious, no but he's not a comedian. A comedian. Yeah. yeah. He's not a Christian. Not a okay. Christian. You know what? I'm going to let you and Ken talk on this podcast. <laughs> well, you were the one who brought up the topic, so right. you've got to keep going. So, Poor John. So Bill Burr is, if, if, you are, if you're going to look him up on YouTube, and, and you should, just be aware that your children should probably not be in the room um, right. because, because of the vulgarity. Now, the subject matter that he talks about is exactly what Christians, what Ken and I and, and anybody who identifies as a Christian should be talking about. Bill Burr talks about feminism. Uh, he talks about uh, socialism. He talks about... He covers uh, politics. He talks, he talks about politics. He talks about marriage. Yep. Um, and, and he is, for the most part, he's right. Now, he, he, he talks about dating. He talks, he talks a lot about the relationship between men and women. And he is very anti-feminist. I mean, he is... He's scathing he on the Does feminist. he define men and women, or does he just go with the assumption that there are only two genders? Well, he's he's about <laughs> our age, and yeah. so he's 
he's old enough to where, yeah, he, he just assumes that when you talk about men and women, everybody knows what you're talking about. And so his latest rant uh, about abortion okay. is, he says, um, now I agree that, that women have the right to their own bodies. I, I agree with that. I've always said that. I support that. Women have the right to choose uh, what they're gonna, what's going to happen with their bodies. He goes, but at the same time, I mean, honestly, my gut says you're killing a baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And and so he he says that. And if you watch the clip, he's talking to his audience. I mean, he's not in a church. They're not he, laughing especially hard. Like no. you can hear audible like gasps and groaning. Like there's some people laughing, but there's also some people who are just kind of like murmuring and recoiling <laughs> well he starts into it and he goes i believe women have the right to choose you can do what you want with your body absolutely and there's applause for that and then he says but you know i think you're killing a baby right. and then there's like this what oh. and then he goes on well he starts out by saying he stands on the fence which is actually a virtue in a lot of those wow. you know, woke circles. he's like yes. he's like you know i can see things you know from both sides you know i can see you got the right of the right to your own body and i'm like yeah you do autonomy and nobody can tell me what to do yeah he's like then somebody else says yeah but you're killing a baby and he goes, well, there is that. Yeah, well, there's that. You know. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. Which was... Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. And, yeah. And, then he goes, and then he goes on to go, you know, you got, you got in, uh, you, you go in pregnant. He goes, that's kind of the whole point of the procedure, right? To kill the baby. <laughs> that's, what, yeah. that's what you're doing it for. That's the whole point of the procedure. Right. Uh, Woman goes in and she she's goes like, in, I'm she's pregnant, pregnant. Get it out of me. Right. Yeah. She goes in. There's a baby. Pregnant, Get it out of and me. she comes out, and she's not pregnant. And he goes, "Something happened to the baby. Something happened to the baby." Yep. And uh, wow, and people so I are can't chuckling like awkwardly. <laughs> yeah. Well, then he says, uh, "Well, it's not a baby." You know, people say it's not a baby. It's not a baby. And and Bill, he, the way he does it, he's he's very mocking. He's very sarcastic. Oh, it's not a baby. It's not really a baby. He goes, "Look," and and that's the reason it's so powerful is because he's just he's just firing. You know, he's he's making fun of the people who say it's not a baby. He goes, you know, they say it's not a baby. He goes, look, if I'm going to make a cake, I can get a pan and I put batter in it and I put that in the oven. Ten minutes later, you come into the kitchen, you open the door and you throw the cake across the, F, you know, across the kitchen. And he goes, and then you say, well, it's not a cake. It would have been if you left it alone for 50 minutes. It would have been a cake. Oh, man. Yeah. And I'm like and my my point that I wanted to raise is the that Christians are supposed to be saying that stuff when the when when Bill Burr is more effectively standing up for unborn children than the totality of progressive Christianity on the left that's uh that's something that we need to address. Well, I totally agree. And I got one comment and then a quick question. <clears throat> one of the senators from the great state of Georgia, um, and I won't get into election, <laughs> election issues at all. I'll just say that he uh, fashions himself as the Reverend Warnock. And in order to get a buy-in from the left, he said, biblically, abortion is never mentioned and is not wrong. Right. And this is a reverend saying this, who's like, hey, I'm a Christian and it's not there. And I just think 
be careful of what you say. Uh, you're not accountable to me, but you are certainly accountable to somebody who, oh yeah, created everything. So that's one side, but here's my question. In our society today, um, not only tackle these issues, John, but I wanna, I wanna ask the question, are we supposed to be standing on the fence saying, be all things to all people that by all means, some will come to Christ as Paul did. He said, okay, I'll listen to your side and I'll even find ways we can find common ground, but I'm not going to back off from the truth of grace and truth that Jesus is who he said he was. And I think in our society, it's so polarized that you can't be on both sides. You have to make a choice or we will hate you, period. And if you don't agree with me, I, man, I just heard a, a podcast with Mike Rowe and a guy on free speech. And, and the guy was, uh, he was very left-sided on the issues, but he's like, I want to hear the other side. We need to hear the other side to come to some point of agreement and, and wisdom. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. And this guy, he, he's as left as he can be, but he made a great comment. He says, in our culture today, what they're teaching in schools is you should never be hurt ever in any way, physically, emotionally, mentally, relationally. You should never be hurt. Number two, you should always trust and act on your feelings at all times. That's what he said? <laughs> no, he said this is what's being, being taught, taught in the oh, schools okay. and on college campuses. Right. And third, anyone who disagrees with you is either stupid or, or is evil. Mm -hmm. Now, put that into the grid of where everything is happening today. And he just said that basically it's the coddling of, of, of the American mind ruining the next generation because right. we, we don't have the ability to think critically. Right. And I was just sitting there going, yes. And here's somebody who I'm 99% sure I would disagree with on probably 80% of all politics. But I'm like, dude, you've got it. You but he's big on free speech and that that's a path, but okay, to bring it full circle, what are we allowed to say within within Christian circles? Well, I was gonna ask you uh, a question that's kind of along the same lines, is do you think that we have been in, in a, do you think that comedians have been, uh, have been restrained? Do you think that we've been, do you think that we've been muzzled in, in church from saying things like, uh, well, like speaking up about abortion, because there is a, uh, there is a group of people in the church who think that we are supposed to occupy the middle ground, who we are supposed to be peacekeepers is how they say it. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to stir up dissension. You're supposed to be people who are soft-spoken. You're supposed to be gentle. And if you, if you go and watch Bill Burr's uh, rant about abortion, or if you watch Jim Brewer uh, talk about transgender. Uh, he's that came out a couple of days ago, and it's really funny too. And and Jim Brewer is not as vulgar as Bill Burr, but he he gets on it with the transgender stuff. Um, and there is a, but but even he says, you know, if you once you get to be a certain age, you know, if you want to if you want to change gender, if you want to you know, put on a dress or whatever, go for it, you know, go for it, do it and everything. And so, so there's, there's an attempt to walk down the middle and there are Christians. And um, this is the question. Do you think okay. that, that, do you think that that has impacted our, 
uh, ability to really say to say true things because we're going to offend Christian people when we when we do that. I don't know if I understand the question, but I, I'll answer it this way. I believe Jesus came in grace first, but in truth. Do you and, okay, here's here's a question. Do you think that do you think that you would be okay doing material about abortion in a church? Or do you think that the church would be upset for you with for even bringing that subject up? <laughs> yes and yes. Um, I've been woke out of a couple churches for making comments. Uh, the comment that I made was um, racism is is horrible and horrific, but replacing one racism with another racism isn't going to solve racism. Right. Christ alone and finding the foundation of Christ for all races is the only thing that's going to solve it. Then after this is one particular church, I had filled in four or five times a year for about 20 years. And I, I was told I was never welcome back. Wow. And so this was a church that even knew you and you had some sort of a relationship with. Oh, and, and 95% of the people there love me and agreed with it and found nothing wrong with it. But because I think I, I was never told the number, but a handful, four Maybe or five even people one. <laughs> said one. I was offended by that. Yeah. Then we have to change everything. Right. So I know what it means to be woke or canceled or whatever the hip term is today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Jesus was canceled several times as well. So Right, right. But, but does it, has it affected, I know it's affected me. I, I know that there is material in my notebook that I have worked on <laughs> that I have not done in church because I know beyond all doubt that there will be people who are like, you should not, you're supposed to be a comedian. And that is divisive and it is adversarial. I took a call just a couple of weeks ago um, from a client who was really excited to have dad come out for the first time. They've never done comedy before, but she's a big fan. And she was saying that she, you know, has all of his stuff, just like anywhere she can find him. She wants to get more of his content because she really totally agrees with it. But then right before we hung up, she she had something else. I said, if there's anything else we didn't cover, you know, you can always call me back and I'll do my best to answer your questions. And she's like, well, there is one thing. I was I was just wondering, uh, the stuff that he writes on Facebook, <laughs> is he going to do that kind of stuff from stage? Because <laughs> like, I've seen his bits. I've seen his comedy. His Three Little Pigs is hysterical. And I've, you know, and if he's just going to stick with stand-up, that's more what we're looking for. But like, if he's going to start talking about, you know, politics or something like that, I don't think that would be appropriate for this show. So, right. Yeah. Wow. That's so did a we get that point, show or Andy. did she back out? No, she, I told her that yeah. what, really what I had to assure her was what you've seen on his comedy specials is what he's going to do when he goes for a comedy show. Perfect. And I said, there is some stuff there that some people would possibly find offensive. Like there, even the stuff that you find totally suitable and hilarious. I guarantee you I have had other people call me and explain to me in some convoluted way why it is also incorrect. I said, he uses an e-cigarette. Have you seen that? And she's like, oh yeah, the smoking bit about how you could smoke, you know, the smoke when you're delivering a baby and (laughs) whatever. And she's like, I think that's so funny. I said, we've had people who said that it's not appropriate for Christians to joke about smoking. And there's, you know, there's things that he used to do about 
rock and roll. I said, we've had people who are like, well, you know, that's worldly music and, and things like people that. Make, I'm making fun of hymns. Uh, you know, you're you, making fun of hymns. You do a voice for your, for women, like your mom or for my mom, your wife. Right. And it's like, it's a high pitched voice to show them that it's a woman who's speaking. And we've had f- women who have contacted him and said, that's disrespectful and he shouldn't do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the kind of thing that it's, it's been slow coming for a while, but even if you remove all of that stuff from your set, you know, eventually you're going to find something that somebody's offended by. So yeah, I guess the question is how much should we be compromising if there's a thing that's true and a thing that needs to be said and a thing that can get Mm -hmm. some people to think a little harder than they've been thinking. Is that something that's still appropriate for church? Even if, um, s- somebody or so-and-so doesn't agree. What, what say you, Ken Kington? Well, I, I agree with everything. Uh, the two thoughts that come to my mind, one, the bar has been moved, yeah. completely moved. Um, I used to do a bit uh, where I talk about dressing, and I always, always ask, what's the attire for the event? And they were like, well, it's business or casual, and that was okay. And then it became, what is casual? Is that jeans or is that slacks or is that a shirt? And, and then it's, Casual can be blue jeans and a shirt with no tie, then no tie, then no coat. Then now it's like a sombrero and a speedo. That's casual, and that got away with it. But I, I had one group ask. They said uh, snappy casual, and I'm like, what the crud is snappy casual? <laughs> and I and I say this in the show. I'm like, so I had to go ask my gay neighbors. Hey guys, what's what's snappy casual? And they're like, Ken, you are casual, but you are not snappy. <laughs> well, there were. There were people that came up to me and said, well, that that's that's offensive to the gay community. And I'm like, no, it's not because <laughs> I've had gay people come up after shows at church say, thank you for acknowledging me. I, I had no idea that you had gay neighbors. Do you really? And I'm like, I really do. And I really talk to them a couple of times a year. And it, but people <laughs> started that was the beginning of political correctness, people being offended on behalf of other people that they didn't know. Right. And that bar's moved now to where, uh, to answer your question, I do think we need to address truth and and what's really out there. But I think where we're having to work extra is the, how do I do it in a way that I know what you're thinking and I'm going to get around behind you and I'm going to kick you in the butt and you're going to laugh and then go, oh my gosh, did I just laugh at that? Um, One of the pieces that I've started to do is, I, I set it up where I'm like, hey, you know what? We're not all going to agree on everything. And here's what I've decided. I'm going to respect everybody. I'm just going to respect you. I said, if I see somebody with two masks and a face shield and 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 walking around with, a, I've been vaccinated and boosted and boosted and boosted stickers, you know what? I respect you. I don't know your story. I'll give you six feet. I'm just going to stay six feet away. I said, or if you see some guy with a, a cowboy hat and he's got no no stickers on, probably not vaccinated, and a Let's Go Brandon t-shirt, um, you may want to stay six feet away from him too, but uh, I'm going to mm. give him a high five. You can high five him, hug him, grab his beard or, or her beard. It, I don't want to be gender biased. All right, and, so let's put and, both of those people in the same <clears throat> audience. Let's put both right. of those people and, in the same and audience. And then I land it with... How do you do a set that doesn't offend one of them? Well, and that's the piece. You you almost have to, and I'm trying to get creative on how do I get on both sides without accosting both sides. And the, and the part that they, the Christians have a hard time with is I'll, go, I'll say, 
So I think we need to be more sympathetic. And I don't know if you know that word, but the word sim meaning same. It's two words are similar, but it's deeper. It means I understand. And so the next time you see somebody on the opposite end of what you believe, look at them with sincerity of heart and say in your heart those two words, I understand you're pathetic. And you're going to feel so much better about yourself. <laughs> and, and people laugh and then they stop and go, almost like, I, I can't say somebody's pathetic. And it's like, but you're thinking it and you, right. you want to say it. But it's how do you get around that to the point of, of, of saying the truth in a way that they can at least digest it and go, okay, I see the other side too. Well, is it, I, I, is it necessary for us to figure out a way to avoid offending people when we're talking about things that are by nature going to offend people? Is it, is it, is that our job? Cause one of the things that, that struck me as I was listening to Bill Burr is that he is, he said, from my gut, you know, my gut tells me he's not a believer. And so he's like, my gut tells me. And then he just said what his gut was telling him um, and let the chips fall where they may. <clears throat> and that is the thing that I felt some conviction for. I, I felt like, uh, you know, historically, what, what what's going to happen is when you start, if you start doing a, a bit about uh abortion for example first of all i think you're going to be hard pressed to come up with a better bit than bill burgess <laughs> did uh so that would that be the challenge. brilliant it's, um, been, and, done. And it's been done right <laughs> but if you were to do the the if you were to do it and uh, it, it is sincerely what you believe it's it's genuinely what you think then um why do we have to apologize for that why do we have to why do we have to dial that back and say, no, no, I'm not going to tell you what I think. Instead, I'm going to, I'm going to dial it back. I'm going to water it down a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going to mess with it a little bit until it comes out more like what you believe. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to make uh, it palatable. I'm going to compromise. Basically, I'm going to, I'm going to water it down so that it's more like what you believe and less like what I believe, and then call that uh, finding common ground. Well, I can tell you what happens and what I've seen happen directly and completely in the churches where that does it. One, it invited me to speak back in July. And the only, I said, what kind of series are you in? What do you want me to speak on? He goes, I don't care. Just don't say anything political. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so right. I opened <laughs> So with, you do care, but, <laughs> but you won't tell me specifically what to do. Well, and so I opened that Sunday morning and I said, you know, a lot of pastors, I didn't even say they're pastors. A lot of pastors are saying, just don't say anything political. I said, can somebody tell me what has not been politicized today? Because mm -hmm. I, I, I couldn't figure out anything that was, <laughs> hasn't been divisive. Right. I mean, paper, plastic, cup of cone, high top, low top. It, it, it just, everybody's just on the edge. and. Right. I, I don't steer away from the truth, but what happens in churches that are trying to ease it down, um, they're, they're their own worst enemy because people are like, I mean, you look at any big denomination who said, you know what, we're going to ride the fence. We're going to say everything's okay and this and that, and they just start yep. dying. Mm -hmm. yep. God, God takes his hand off of them. Right. And, okay, you want to you do it your way, go ahead. 
So speak the truth in love. And if you speak the truth without love, that's not God's way. If you speak love without the truth, that's hypocrisy. So you, you really have to find that point. And I hate to make it this simple, but I do believe that God put his Holy Spirit in us to discern not only what to say, but how to say it. And I mean, I'm probably praying more over sets now than I ever have. Just going, okay, Lord, give me wisdom yep. on how to how to do that to the point of, I, I know I'm going to offend somebody. Yeah. I mean, but the funny part to me, I you use that voice piece. I had a comic come with me to Greenville, South Carolina. He does this one bit, and you'll know what it is, where it's uh, he talks about Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity Breakfast. And he does it in this flamboyant female or gay voice, and he runs across the stage, and it's hysterical. Well, this church had never packed out. They sold out the whole show. They had over 30% guest at that show of over 1,200 people, most successful outreach ever. And I asked the guy, you know, how'd that staff meeting go? And he said, well, the pastor really struggled with um, how much money you guys made Mm-hmm. And he didn't like, he, he was very offended by the gay bit. Right. And I was like, what, what gay bit? Mm-hmm. And he told me that. Now here's the full circle part. I, I, I didn't even tell my friend about it. They had him back three times at that church. And that was with the pastor being offended. Right. And so they don't even know what they believe a lot of times and they don't know what to do with it. Right. Well, that was another angle I was going to encourage you guys to consider, too, is that like at least with my generation and certainly even the one, especially the one that's coming up behind me. So I'm a millennial and then the Gen X is right behind. Right. I thought it was Gen Z. Gen Z. That's why I was Gen just as it came out of my mouth. I was like, no, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. Gen Z coming up behind us. And like we have grown up with the business model, like the American advertising, marketing, business tactics. Like we've read leadership books that talk about how to balance, you know, customer care with also being true to your brand and things like that. And so when we start to see it in churches, we know what's up. You know, we know when a person is trying really, really hard to not offend us because they want our money or our time or our buy-in for this Jesus guy, you know, and it, is a turnoff. I think one of the things Bill Burr does, maybe he's tapping into, maybe consciously, maybe he doesn't realize that he's doing it on, he may not be doing it on purpose, but he's realizing that actually the fallout from being just really blunt, like aggressively, you know, vulgarly blunt in many cases, is actually not as bad as what our fears tell us it's going to be because people, even when they disagree with him, still at least kind of respect his guts on it. Like they still respect the fact that he's authentic. And this idea of being your authentic self is valued more in this generation than ever before. Um, And so I think a lot of Christians are behind the times and in the church, we're behind a lot. A lot of times it takes us 20 or 30 years to figure out (laughs) the new strategies. Um, But I think a lot of times we're, we're worried that, you know, we're going to drive people away when really it it almost may work in our favor if we just kind of cut the crap and said what we really think, because at least then everything's out on the table and the younger people appreciate that raw honesty a little bit more than maybe they would have, you know, in a generation or two before. Percentage wise, Ken, when you're going to do a show, how many 
and, and this is ballpark. I don't expect you to have those numbers ready. I don't expect to see a chart. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, roughly how many times when you're setting up a show to go somewhere, do the people who are, who are booking you have specific parameters that they lay down for you. This is what, you, like, yeah. say nothing political. Yeah. Or don't talk about, uh, don't talk about marriage. Or uh, don't talk about death. We had some people in the family, some people in the church who passed away recently. And so how, how often do, do people tell you these are topics that are off limits? Uh, in the corporate world, I would say it's about 40%. Okay. Um, in the church world, I would say... Because most of the gigs I do, I have a relationship with one of the key people, and we've built that trust, and I really develop that trust. So I would say it's probably 10% or less that give me parameters, um, and, and it's usually with an apology. Um, yeah, like Ken, I think we get... We get requests. We get people who are a lot more skittish if it's the first time that they've ever called. Um, if it's somebody who already knows you and your material and they're a fan, then it hardly it comes happens. up. But even in that case, what's interesting, it, regardless of whether it's a corporate gig or it's a church gig, if it's a person we've known for a long time or a person who's just now calling for the first time and they're like worried about their reputation, whoever it is who's talking about the parameters, they're always talking on behalf of someone else. Right. They yes. always say, oh, I'm not offended. I don't have a problem with this. I think that joke is hilarious. Or I think that everything that John says is right on the money. I agree with him. I'm just saying there's somebody else in this situation who might be offended. Offended on behalf of somebody else. Yeah. That's right. that's the definition of political correctness. Yeah. I mean, let me be offended on behalf of somebody else. Right. Yeah. So, and, and, yeah. So, well, and so I, I just am, am curious what the, because Ken, Ken is the nicest guy that you'll meet. <laughs> and Ken is a guy who, talk to my wife, who, you know, controversial. Ken, Ken doesn't do anything controversial. I mean, Ken is, is, is a guy that you can put up on stage and he's not going to do anything controversial. Well, he does live next door to a couple of gay people. He lives next so door like, to gay people, but he, let's he be honest. rarely mention that anymore. We all have our flaws. He doesn't say that. He's, <laughs> he doesn't say that anymore. He doesn't flaunt that anymore because he's gotten in trouble. You, you um, can't mention any category, any uh, demographic that you're not in the middle of. Mm -hmm. um, I, I can't remember... Right. Right. Who did that bit? But if you're not black, you can't even say black. If you're yeah. not gay, you can't say gay. Right. If you're not yeah. this, you can't even mention it or it's offensive. Right. I do feel like that started to wane. And I got to just echo bottom line to all this. If you are genuine yeah. and authentic, you win every time. And I usually come out of the gate just saying I... I I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And, and I said, but wh when was it that we're not allowed to disagree about anything? And I do a little bit to just kind of plant and till that soil. And I tell them, I'm like, if I offend you, I didn't do it on purpose. And I'll be all ears if you want to come talk about it. Yeah. But can we just relax for a minute? See, and that's true for you. You say, if I offend you, I didn't do it on purpose. I wouldn't be able to authentically say that. I actually <laughs> tell people, I tell people, if I offended you, I probably did do it on purpose. But it's because I think it's good for you. So 
you know, bear with me. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But that, that's not completely true because I've heard John share with me about the library thing and the and the whole, what was it, the LGBTQP plus story time yeah did he talk to you about that i don't even think we talked to carl about that necessarily he did what what impressed me so much was you just went and you said what exactly is that and okay well let's have the alternative to that let me share something about principles or morals or whatever and i'll i'll lead it up so it 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 really is about i'm not going to be against anything but i'm going to be for a lot and i i'm on this podcast and it's one of those where you're like okay and I don't know the the whole president getting bent out of shape when somebody has asked him how many genders are there, mm-hmm. and he just land blast the reporter, never gave him an answer, <laughs> and was just eating them alive like you know. And I was like, it's not that hard of a question. Yeah. Either stand up for what you believe and be authentic, or just be honest. Right. Um, and and that's the part about. I guess the the current political idea is that we have to not offend anybody and we can't say anything that doesn't include everybody. Right. Which means you can't say anything. Right. Um, and and that is that's the reason that it is important for for comedians to talk about it. I and the reason I wanted to bring it up is because I feel like we are uh I feel like there's an important thing happening in our culture. Dave Chappelle is getting canceled, you know, uh, and, yeah. and guys how, how like, does that happen? well, it happens because people are, and, and Dave is doing what the church should be doing and basically saying, all right, cancel me. I'm going to go someplace else. <laughs> um, but, but the, the church for, for decades has been terrified of, of cancel culture. We've been terrified of having somebody say mean things right. or somebody says untrue things about us. I don't want them. I don't want the word to get out that we're, that we're unloving. It's like, well, we're not unloving. So calm down well, and just say the truth. Who cares what they say or think? I've said this before, but I think that that we have to put that actually on the shoulders of the mothers and the way that motherhood is going right now, because I can testify the way that like mommy groups, people in mommy groups are sharing advice with each other about how to love their very small children. And so from the time that they're very young, we're confusing the word love with niceness. So we're not even allowed to be authentic and truthful and, um, you know, blunt with our own offspring. I mean, when it comes to, when one of my children comes to me and does something wrong and, and, is obviously sinning, they've hit their sister or something, then I tell them point blank, you can't do that. I'm mad at you. What you're doing is a disappointment and it's and and it's not making God happy and it's not making your father happy. It's not making any it's of us. It's not happy. making the person you hit happy. You're wrong. We need to actually we need to normalize the mother lecture again. I mean it used to be kind of a thing where mothers would would get righteously indignant and like stand up in front of their kids with their finger wagging and say, this is not acceptable. And we don't do that anymore. I mean, we don't this, twist enough ears anymore. We, do don't, we don't drag our four-year-old through Walmart <laughs> by the ear. Out of the, into the parking enough. lot. Into the bathroom. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think that we're reaping sort of the fruit of that because now you've got these adults who don't understand that real love is sometimes loud. It's sometimes lecturing. It's sometimes, you know, it draws a line and it will not let you cross it. Just today, 
Uh, one of my kids hit another one of my children right as we were walking out the door to go on a walk. And I said, you can't come on this walk with us because you're violent and it's, it's hurting the rest of the family. If you're going to be violent, I can't take you with the whole family. Well, that kid freaked out and was very upset because, you know, she suddenly decided she wanted to come on the walk. The whole reason she was violent in the first place is because she said she didn't want to go, but Hey, you know how that goes. And I know so, how goes. and so I made her. It was a. It was longer tell than Ken the walk itself. A, tell Ken about making her take the dress off. That's hysterical. Oh. <laughs> the other day she was wearing a princess dress and and she was doing a similar thing, hitting and and fighting and yelling no at ants and you know we her ants were over and she's now at them and disrespecting the grown ups. And I said, this is not acceptable. You're going to go sit on your bed for a while before I can figure out what else to do with you. And I said, and take that beautiful dress off. It's way too beautiful for your attitude. <laughs> she wouldn't let her Nicely wear the dress. Done. <laughs> yeah, that bad attitude. That dress is too gorgeous. You have to take it off. It. It's, it's sending the wrong idea. It's not adequately or accurately reflecting what's in your heart right now. But like that doesn't happen. Like, you know, in, in mommy well. groups, people are like, advising each other to not push too hard and don't like don't take the pacifier away from your five-year-old because he's not ready yet and don't let her don't make her learn how to use the toilet because you know that's traumatizing for them just give them time and let them stay little and all of that stuff i think i think goes yeah. into that where, where now i think that that's, now we have we have women who are literally killing their babies before they're born right. and worse and and somehow we're the ones who are oppressing them. And when we say, you really shouldn't do that. Right. I'm disappointed. Like, why, how, why are you attacking me? That's ugly. And you need to take yeah. that beautiful dress off if you're going to do such ugly behavior. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's what I mean. What a, what a phenomenal object lesson appropriate for the age that she is. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's huge. Yeah. Um, so and, I think just, that's my job as a mother is to find a way to convey my, you know, to convey the truth for my small children, just like for you comedians, you know, you're, you're trying to find a way to convey the message. And, um, I'm also a homeschool mom. So I, I know a bit about classical education and there's the three stages of child development or three stages of education where they do rote memorization in the first, in the beginning, they're just sponges. You fill them with the building blocks of knowledge and just shove facts at them as much as you can. Then there's logic where they learn how to use those building blocks to kind of make sense of the world and figure out what's true versus what's not true. And then the third stage is rhetoric, and that's style. That's where you learn how to convey your truth, the truth, in such a way that others can really grasp it. And the cool thing about... That's where you become a comedian. That's where you become a comedian. The cool thing about <laughs> rhetoric is it doesn't matter if the, the people at the lower stages understand the why behind what you're doing. It doesn't matter if they agree with it. If you do it in a stylish way that they remember, even if they actually are very angry at you for taking their princess dress off, they get it because you've done it in such a way that it's memorable. So I would encourage you, both of you and everybody else in the industry, to, to keep doing it because we've all been in the place where you had somebody mad at you for how you did it, <laughs> but that doesn't mean it's wrong. Yeah. Well, I think that's the key. I, I do think comedy is going to be a bridge to the next phase. And I think if it's laced with that genuine authenticity, um, whoever's offended is offended. I, I think, I think you hit on it big time. Um, but the problem is, is that we're, what you just described is the way that kids are being educated now mm -hmm. of just, 
it, it's just, it's insanity you, yeah. to, to live your life as you should never have your feelings yep. hurt. Trust your feelings at all costs. Yep. Well, if I don't feel like screaming at my aunt, no, that's the way I feel. Whatever I feel is the fact. Yep. And what I shared at that one church was I said, there's feelings and there's facts. And, and we're living in a generation that's calling their feelings facts. Right. And here's the deal. There's also the bottom line is truth. Yeah. And feelings and facts really don't matter until you've got a foundation of truth. Yeah. And are you familiar with trauma-informed care? Are you are you familiar with the no. trauma? Oh, Ken, as a as a pastor or a sometimes pastor, we, you, we don't use the P word. Let's crack open that can of worms. You would yeah, run into that. I well, and the reason I'm even thinking of it is because I just this afternoon or this morning was talking to a girl who was assuring me that everything I had to say about truth or feelings of the Bible just didn't apply to her because she's had a traumatic past okay. and she's gotten this from therapy. I mean, this is, this is psycho psychology, pop psych, like Freudian stuff that is rampant. It's all over social in media. Church. It's in churches too, where they go to therapy now and get this information from their counselors that because you've had trauma in your past, nobody else can possibly understand what you're going through unless they have also been traumatized the same way that you have and so you the way your brain works the way your feelings work everything in your experience is just different from what it would have been if you had not experienced xyz you know event in your past right so you can shut down yeah you can shut down that comedian you can send an angry email to that comedian or or to the to people that put the show on or or the pastor or whatever you can you have every right to go and be critical of that because you have suffered pain suffered. in some manner that that comedian, he doesn't, he's never suffered that guy up on stage. Yeah. He's, he's never <laughs> suffered. Nothing bad's ever happened to him, but I have yep. been through trauma. And so I'm going to be able to, I can burn, I can set fire to everybody else's house because so because I, I've been burned. I actually asked that girl cause I am familiar with trauma informed care and I've had time to think about it before. I, I said to her in a private message when she started private messaging me, I said, how do you know that that hasn't, uh, that therapy that you've been through, that education that you've been getting from your therapist is actually helping versus it, it's making things worse? Because I will tell you, I'm yeah. familiar with the therapy. I'm familiar with the counseling system. And I would tell you that I think it's actually making things much, much worse for you and for your loved ones because the information that you're getting is not accurate and it doesn't line up with truth. And she, yeah, the truth is not is not the foundation. Yes, of it. yeah, and she didn't disagree. She didn't deny it completely. She's hesitant to consider that. <laughs> She's a little resistant to that, but she didn't just outright say that couldn't possibly be the case. Because again, I I told her my authentic position was this is how this has been my experience. This is what I believe to be true, and I'm not going to pull the punches because I respect you too much to kind of beat around right. the bush or or play this marketing game with you. Like I'm just going to tell you what I really think. I really think that that is the difference between the two of us: is the therapy that you've been going to versus the type of therapy that I'm and the education I'm subjecting myself to. It's different, yeah. and I think mine is actually working better, and yours is making you suffer even more. Yours sucks okay. and mine is good. Yeah. Put that in a book. That <laughs> yours, works. Yours sucks yours and mine. sucks. Your actually. therapy sucks. There's your the title. Therapy we got sucks it. and mine doesn't. And that's the way comedians say it. And <laughs> right. There's the rhetoric. Pastors have to say You've it differently. You've stylized it. Yeah. 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 Pastors have to say your your theory severely inhales. Mine is better. No, they wouldn't even say, wouldn't even say that. <laughs> you just got to clean it up. 
this was good. We're 10 minutes over what we normally do. Ken. Oh, gosh, that's I'm how, so sorry. No, it's no, fine. We have a house guest or a person visiting. Carl knows that it's going to be an extra cup of coffee All and a longer are conversation. Off. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's going to be, there's, there's no rules. We're zany and unpredictable. He likes that about zany. us. That's why he comes over to our house every Monday. Uh, it's KenKington.com, right? With, and Ken has two ends in it. It is, but I tell you, if, if they're going to do anything, I, I, I think I mentioned this on the phone the other day. Uh, my dry bar special just hit YouTube about three and a half months ago. And I've never had a million views of anything. Mm. And it's, it's tipping up around 600,000. So if they just go to YouTube, Ken Kington dry bar or dry bar Ken Kington. Right. And they watch it, yeah. then that would be a huge encouragement. And here's the kicker. We yeah. really are going to pop this out next week. So probably right when this airs, whoever's the one millionth watcher, <laughs> if we if we hit it later on this year, I'm going to fly anywhere in the country to any venue they want. And I'm going to do a show for them on my nickel for free. Just because I've never had a million one, and I want go. somebody to. Somebody how do you? How are you going to know who the millionth person is? I mean, well, is they're it, working on that right now with the algorithms what if, with, what if, with YouTube. And what if a hundred people watch it simultaneously, it and they're all a million? You're going to be turning. <laughs> You're going to have two years of shows that you're due for nothing. <laughs> Free shows, yeah. We're going to figure so it be out. The, be, the million, be the millionth viewer and bankrupt Ken Kington. <laughs> okay, that's it. I'm restarting the theme song because we literally don't have enough time now to play the outro. Here we go again. Okay. That's okay. how we do it. <laughs> All right. This was fun. Uh, see you, Carl. <laughs> Thanks for visiting The Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time.